Welcome to Faith in Capital, a show where persons and communities of Christian faith are invited to engage the system of capitalism theologically and ethically, or you might say from a faith perspective. I'm your host, Chase Tibbs. Palm Sunday is, on one hand, simply absurd. If we were looking for the popular Roman perception of what power was supposed to look like, the Gospels of Matthew and Luke's depiction of Jesus entering into Jerusalem on a donkey simply aren't it. Kings are supposed to have armies. They're supposed to be returning from a battle, having slaughtered and conquered, enslaved and raped their enemies. Where are Jesus' riches? Where are his slaves? And seriously, the, the one who people are proclaiming to be their king is riding a donkey. On one hand, Palm Sunday is absolutely ridiculous. But on the other hand, Matthew's and Luke's telling of Jesus' entry into Jerusalem is more than absurd. It's more than something that the rich and the powerful would have simply laughed at. The people's proclaiming that the politically disruptive Galilean, coming from the particularly impoverished and rural town of Nazareth, was their king, was also, apparently, dangerously threatening. This image of power wasn't suggesting that the social order was overall just, or that the common economic and political relationships and values were righteous, but simply needed a little reforming or tweaking within the system. No, the image of a slaveless, chariotless, poor and socially marginalized king would have incited the correct feelings that the Jesus movement was not about reforming a few parts of an otherwise innocent and exceptional system. Jesus believed his God wanted to change everything. Marxist thinker Frederick Jameson has offered a little lesson to us that is very much aligned with how I think Christians could think about the beginning of Holy Week. He says, One cannot change anything without changing everything. Again, one cannot change anything without changing everything. The Gospels' telling of Jesus' entrance into Jerusalem is not intended to normalize the suffering, the domination, the inequalities, or the hierarchical relationships of the political, economic, and religious status quo. His entrance is symbolically threatening because it can and should incite our communities to imagine the transformation of everything. Some of the barriers, though, for radical transformation that I've been feeling in my own community and that lots of other leftist thinkers and organizers have long been naming as well are the dominant logics internalized by the exploited and oppressed that keep the working class from seeing their own oppression and their participation in the oppression of others. And this is what I want us to focus on in for our Palm Sunday reflection. Jesus' entrance into Jerusalem would have flipped the mainstream or status quo notions of power, goodness, and justice on their head. And I think it can do that for us today as well. It's been interesting to see all the talk about essential workers during the COVID-19 or coronavirus pandemic. My wife is a nurse. 
Her labor is now being discussed as essential for people to survive. But, of course, healthcare workers' lives and labor aren't valued enough to ensure that every worker has access to the masks, to the needed equipment, or to the guaranteed paid sick time that many healthcare workers and their families not only should have because they are human, just like everyone else, but will most directly need because those workers are literally on the front lines of the pandemic. But the presence of this gross injustice has, for many, started to undermine some of the common assumptions of what a worker is in the U.S. and how they should be treated. For example, it's widely believed that workers are incapable of making important decisions for themselves or others, right? I mean, who, is it believed, are the people best suited to govern and direct working people's labor? Who are the people best suited to decide how the profits of any company, large or small, should be distributed? It's not the workers themselves, right? No, it's, it's our bosses, the exceptional board of directors and CEOs. And I think that Palm Sunday is a great time for us to see that the idea that working people are stupid or irresponsible or are less creative and intelligent in comparison to the capitalists that employ us is nothing less than bullshit. While we were raised to believe that the bosses of the world were to be praised for their exceptional brilliance and daring bravery, in light of Palm Sunday, we can recommit ourselves to the work of revealing the exploitation and violence that the lie of worker inferiority covers up and naturalizes. And then, let's flip it on its head. It is not biology, or nature, or a sick pro-capitalist man-god that divides the masses into a working class and a capitalist class. No, the employer-employee division of labor is the work of capitalism in relation to whiteness and patriarchy and imperialism. The vast majority of human beings across the world are exploited at our places of work by those who possess capital, not because we're dumber than Warren Buffett, less of a risk-taker than Jeff Bezos, or less creative than Elon Musk. We're exploited and oppressed because that's what capitalism sets out to do. And this normalized notion of worker inferiority is something we must resist and dismantle. The same goes for those excluded from employment entirely, people without homes, the imprisoned, and the grotesque wealth inequality across the globe. Dominant narratives would have us believe that our society's disposable people live in the conditions that they do because of their isolated individual choices, or because of something inferior about a particular group's culture. The image of Jesus' entrance into Jerusalem could invoke within us resistance to the widespread belief that capitalism could ever provide for and take care of everyone, or could actually dismantle our world's racial and gender division of labor, division of power, and division of wealth. The rich have not become rich by their individual genius or hard work. They got rich off our labor, and by the dividing and conquering of the masses of all nations. But Jesus implores us to imagine an alternative world. Another oppressive status quo logic that I thought we could discuss for Palm Sunday is the notion of freedom. It's interesting. As much as U.S. Americans love to think of this country as a classless society, 
we actually spend a lot of time talking about class. And it's discussed, I would say, very intentionally. Both Democratic and Republican politicians talk about class in terms of an income ladder that just so profoundly makes us different from one another. There is a lower class, often referred to as the poor. There's a lower middle class, a middle class, and that's the important one an upper middle class, an upper class, and then an elite class. And on the occasion that they do talk about class, they do it in a way that incites division among what a Marxist analysis would say is mostly a single working class. They do this because capitalists and their puppet politicians are always trying to pit workers against each other to convince workers that identifying as middle class separates their well-being their interests, and even their personhood from whomever is labeled as the poor. The poor are beneath the middle class and will only bring them down, but the rich are above the middle class, awaiting with open arms for self-identified middle class workers to work themselves into the heavens of the rich and the famous. While the lower class are destitute because of their laziness and immorality, the upper class are above us because they freely chose to become rich, and we can too. Working people, whether their work is paid or unpaid, at work or in the house, often locate the ultimate goal of freedom in becoming a boss, a landlord, a wealthy investor, or just a member of the rich. We want the freedom to be a billionaire, the freedom to live among the rich, and the freedom to be in power over others. Freedom, for many Christians living in the U.S., is about possessing luxury, privately accumulating wealth, and individually willing oneself to whatever kind of life they desire. But this notion of freedom denies, it covers up what bosses do to workers at work, and in extension, the unpaid reproductive laborers in the home. Employers exploit working people's labor and subordinate us to their rule, their way, their every whim, just like kings and queens did in political monarchies. This notion of freedom completely refuses to acknowledge the very dangerous and unjust hierarchy that exists between landlords and tenants, as many are currently starting to feel as they squirm to come up with the rent without wages. This capitalist class-blind notion of freedom values luxury and the right to endlessly consume, and it distracts us from how certain systems create and feed upon mental and emotional distress, alienation within our relationships, disinvestment from some communities for investment in others, extraction of wealth from poor non-white non nations, and the destruction of our planet's ecosystems. It's a violent and grotesque and demonic understanding of freedom. And King Jesus, riding on his little ass, and by that I mean donkey, born in poverty and raised amongst the revolting Galilean Jews, implores us to flip this normalized logic on its head and envision more liberative and solidarity-based and radical notions of freedom. Freedom must not be class-blind. It must not be race or gender-blind. And it must not be nationalistic or individualistic. Everything must change. 
status quo notions of freedom are not concerned with the freedom from class exploitation and social domination, but rather are committed to the freedom to individually join the capitalist class. It's not always intentional, but because class analysis in this particularly Marxist lens has been discarded and suppressed, many unknowingly dream of a freedom that reproduces a system that hurts themselves, their loved ones, the majority of human beings alive today, and God's beloved creation. Even many who are justly committed to fighting racism, sexism, or the reality of poverty in our world, while they may be pursuing justice, their notions of freedom seek to reform parts of the system instead of transforming it from the bottom up. Capitalism, the status quo tells us, isn't a fundamental problem. The U.S., they assume, is primarily a force for good in the world, with a bad streak here and there, or long in the past. And so they continue to seek a freedom that is either unattainable because of the way capitalism works, or is attainable but only for some individuals at the expense of the masses. We cannot change anything without changing everything. And so, as we enter into Holy Week, we welcome the one who reveals to us the injustices and inequalities of this world. We welcome the God who labors with us in our collective struggle for a more democratic and life-affirming world for all. thank you to the Patreon supporters of Faith and Capital. This work would not be possible without your financial support. Thank you for believing in this work and for believing that an alternative world is possible. If you found today's episode meaningful, you can support Faith and Capital by sending an episode to a friend, posting it on your social media, leaving a review or rating on iTunes, or contributing a few bucks a month at patreon.com slash faithandcapital. We'll talk soon.